Hey, what's cracking? Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Fat Man Radio, sponsored by I'm the Fat Man.com, and I am your host, Darren McDuffie. Got a great show for you tonight. Uh, we're going to actually have David Jockers, Dr. David Jockers, on the show uh, talking about ketogenic diets and cancer. And this is a show that's kind of uh, very personal for me. For those of you who have followed me or, and are following me, uh, you may know that my mom passed away of breast cancer in uh, Thanksgiving of 2005. And every year around Thanksgiving, I find myself reliving her uh, her di- her, uh, her passing. So um, this show is going to be packed with information. I, I would hope that you would take this information and use it. A lot of times what happens with a lot of people is that we are steered towards conventional medicine. And conventional medicine only has two modes of modalities, and that is either surgery or if the drugs don't work, then you're left to uh, pretty much uh, fend on your own. So this show will give you an option. Um, if you have not connected with me, please do so. Connect with me on Facebook at I'm the Fat Man. You can also connect with me on Twitter. That's the Fat underscore Man. And Fat again is spelled P H A T, stands for Perfectly Healthy and Tone. And also, I'm also available on Google+. Please connect with me so you'll know when the shows are, are going to happen. I'm actually going to be moving to the show, moving the show, rather, to Mondays and Wednesdays in 2014. So this is kind of one of those test shows here um, for a Wednesday night just to see how things uh, go. And then again, we'll be moving the show along in 2014 to a Monday or Wednesday night show. So Without further ado, I would like to bring on my guest of the hour, Dr. David Jockers. So let me bring him on. Welcome to Fat Man Radio, Dr. Jockers. How are you, how are you tonight? Hey, Dan, I'm doing great. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine. I can hear you fine. Okay, awesome. Well, great to be on with you tonight. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. This is like I said before when we were talking before the show actually started, that this is a topic that um, is very personal to me. And I know that a lot of people are, like I said, are going to be either diagnosed with cancer or they're going to know someone who, is, who, is, who has been diagnosed with cancer. So very, very special show, and I'm sure you're going to give us a lot of information. And before we get into the show, can you kind of share with us your journey, how you got into this crazy world of health and wellness? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, just like most of the listeners on here, you know, as a, as a, as a kid, as a teenager, I thought when people developed cancer that it was just basically a death sentence. And I didn't really think much about it. I just thought, you know, I guess that's just, they were just unlucky and um, that they just maybe had bad genetics or something along those lines where they caught a disease. Um, I really had no clue about it. And I watched my grandfather, who was really my biggest mentor in my life, and I watched him develop metastatic cancer. And, you know, at the time when he was diagnosed, he actually felt great and he, uh, he had no symptoms until he broke his arm opening a door because the cancer had literally spread throughout his body, through his bloodstream, got into his bones, and riddled out and destroyed his bones. And, you know, the interesting thing, now that I think about his story, is that he was in the military, so he had free health care his entire life. And, um, you know, he went in every year to the VA, had all his blood work done, all the tests. Nobody ever picked this up. And, uh, you know, it wasn't until I actually had destroyed his bones when he broke his arm opening a door before they knew that he had cancer, metastatic cancer in his body. And so cancer is an insidious disease that literally destroys our bodies if we're not taking proper care of our system. And, uh, you know, I ended up watching my grandfather in, in, a, in a matter of six months go through chemotherapy and radiation. And, and uh, you know, he ended up losing over 100 pounds and you know, dying, just literally rotting away in a nursing home um, with a diaper on and I mean, it was just, it was an awful way to go. And, you know, that really made an imprint on my life. And it really, it was a time period of my life where uh, I wanted to make a difference in the world. And so as I saw him go through that process, I just decided, you know, I just asked God, I said, Lord, if it's your will, show me what I need to do and teach what I need to learn because I want to make a difference and I don't want to see other people suffer like that. And, um, you know, I, I never thought I would end up where I am now. I never thought I would be a doctor at that point. But, uh, you know, God had a journey for me. And, um, you know, along the way, I actually developed cancer myself. Um, but anyways, you know, I went into school. I, I ended up uh, just going into chiropractic school, learning everything I could about nutrition, 
about natural health, natural therapies. I opened up a health clinic uh, right outside of Atlanta here in Kennesaw, Georgia, and um, I developed skin cancer myself. And I never got it diagnosed, but, um, you know, I could see it on my face. And the cancer that killed my grandfather was a metastatic melanoma. And, um, you know, at that period of time in my life, I was – I had just started a business. I was $200,000 in debt. I was 27 years old, scared out of my mind, opening a business, um, doing you know things I had, I had never done before, a lot of learning steps, a lot of late nights, working ridiculous amounts of hours. Um, and you know my nutrition was better than most, but it certainly wasn't where it should be and where it is now. And um, you know, so I ended up getting sick. And, and, you know, the reality is when it comes to chronic disease, whether it's heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, these diseases, they really don't care if you're a good person or not. They don't care if you love God or not. They don't care if you have money in your bank account, if you have a doctor in front of your name. None of those things actually matter. The only thing that matters is your commitment to your health. And at that period of time in my life, I wasn't fully committed to my health. And so I had to look myself in the mirror and say, you know, um, this is a wake-up call. This is adversity, and uh, I had to make dramatic steps in my life, and I'm a better person for that. That was the greatest gift that God could give me was looking at myself in the mirror and seeing disease on my face because it was a reality check, and uh, it challenged me to get committed to what it is that I've been called to do. And, um, you know, the cancer ended up going away on its own, just completely faded away in a couple months, and and um, yeah. You know, I really felt like because I had victory over it, that God has given me authority over it. And so from there, I've had a lot of people come into my office over a period of the last four years, four or five years, um, and we've been able to help a lot of people reverse cancer naturally and just seen some some amazing miracles. And, uh, you know, I just yeah. I'm really honored and, and humbled to be somebody that um, that has has an answer that has hope for people that um, may have not been given hope uh, when they have these kind of chronic diseases. Yeah, I, um, I I don't know if you follow Paul Check or know who Paul Check is, but one of the yeah. things that I heard I heard Paul Check say is that when you are when you get sick, he said that's your guru. That's something that's telling you that there's something going on and you need to wake up. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that. A lot of people, and you just expressed that, you just said when, when, when something's going on, you got to wake up. And a lot of people don't wake up. They, they just, they never look at illness as a blessing. And it's always a blessing because it makes you do that self-reflection, you know? Yeah, amen. Yeah, yeah. So um, can you, you use some terms, terms that I'm familiar with and the audience may not be familiar with, but you use uh, terms like uh, metatastic uh, cancer um, can yep. you do, can you talk about that? But can you also just give a breakdown on what cancer is and what it actually does in the body? Yeah, absolutely. So cancer is basically a grouping of abnormal cells. So cells in our body are constantly replicating. In fact, most researchers say that we have a new body every seven years. Every seven months, we have a new heart. Every six months, a new liver. Every three to five days, our stomach lining, our intestinal lining is completely replaced. So our body is the most amazing, dynamic, healing system that's ever been built. I mean, it is constantly healing and rebuilding. And when those cells replicate, they should have a normal carbon copy of each other. But what happens is, through, due, to, uh, due to just overall cellular metabolism, we develop free radicals. And these free radicals will damage DNA. And when we don't have enough antioxidants or we have certain environments that promote uh, excessive free radicals, then what ends up happening is the DNA becomes mutated. And so when it becomes mutated, we get a slightly different version of the cell. It's like making a copy of a copy of a copy. We continue to do that, and now all of a sudden we've got cells that are functioning completely abnormally. And one of the key aspects of cancer cells is that they've actually lost their ability to produce energy through something called aerobic metabolism, which is through the use of oxygen. Cancer cells are anaerobic, so they derive all their energy from sugar, glucose, and, um, and they, they bypass a certain bio, biochemical pathway called aerobic metabolism, which is where most cells derive a majority of their energy. 
And so they end up producing a lot of waste products, a lot of acidic waste, a lot of free radicals, and they also replicate very fast. And we'll talk more about the characteristics of these cancer cells. Metastatic cancer, what that means is cancer that's spreading throughout your body. In fact, what, most, what, what the listeners really need to understand is that cancer itself, cancer cells themselves don't actually kill anybody. In fact, every single one of us has cancer cells. We're producing them every single day. Typically, our immune system keeps them in check. It hunts them out, destroys them, keeps their numbers down. And this is a normal process of cellular metabolism. It's a normal process of really how our body works. However, when cancer cells start to dominate the body, when we're producing a lot more cancer cells than we're able to break down due to excessive free radicals, massive environmental stresses, poor immune function, and that can come from a number of different, um, number of different reasons, number of different causes. When that happens, now the cancer cells start to grow and spread very fast. And the way that I look at cancer cells is kind of like if we were to think about individuals, most of the cells in our body will give up their life for the good of the whole. They are good soldiers. They have something called an apoptotic switch, which is a cell suicide switch, to where when they start to become altered or damaged by free radicals and the integrity of their structure is weakened, they will actually commit suicide so that new healthy cells can grow in their place. However, what happens with cancer cells is they've lost this apoptotic, this cell suicide switch, and they want to gobble up all the resources for themselves. They are like a selfish individual, right? So if you're, you know, in a work environment or wherever it is, and you've got selfish people around you, those selfish people want to gobble up all the resources for themselves. They're not interested in sharing. They're not interested in the good of the whole, the good of the organism or the good of the company, the business, the team. Um, I think we've all had experiences with people that, you know, they could really care less about our team or our business, and they were just in it for themselves. And it's kind of the same way with cancer cells. Cancer cells are just trying to gobble up resources and utilize them for their own good. And what they don't realize is that the faster they grow, they're actually moving closer to their own demise because they're going to destroy the, the very host organism, ourselves, our bodies, that is feeding them and providing for them. And so, again, the way to think of it is it's like a selfish individual, selfish person that's not a team player, and they are literally just working for themselves. Right. So if, if let's, let's say, um, everyone has cancer cells, what makes one person get cancer and, and uh, another person not, not get cancer? Well, that's a great question, Darren, and there's, you know, a lot of different factors that go into it. You know, these things are multifactorial. And so this whole idea of finding a cure for cancer, um, and, and obviously the idea comes down to that we'll, we're one vaccine or we're one drug away from a cure, is absolutely impossible. And the reason why is that cancer is caused by a lifestyle, and it's multifactorial. So it comes down to a lot of different things. You know, it's not just the nutrition that we eat, although that plays a huge role. It's the toxins that we're um, exposed to. It's, it comes down to um, our body's ability, our, our genetic ability to detoxify from inside the cell and get waste out. It comes down to um, perhaps trauma that's damaged our body, our emotional, our emotional integrity. It comes down to... Um, so many different factors that we could go on and on um, talking about all the different factors that play a role. So there's not really necessarily one cause, but what we would say is the cause is the cure. So it comes down to a multifactorial aspect of our lifestyle. So a certain lifestyle that's out of congruency with our genetic potential is going to lead to excessive free radical formation. It's going to lead to weak cells, weak uh, uh, antioxidant protection around the cells, and it's going to lead to DNA mutation and cancer cell formation. So again, we're all developing cancer cells. Within the cell, within each one of our cells, we have something called an antioxidant called glutathione, and glutathione is what actually protects the DNA. 
And so whenever somebody develops any sort of chronic degenerative disease, whether it's cancer, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, things like that, it's always a sign that the inside of the cell is not able to produce the amount of glutathione that it needs to protect itself against the amount of free radicals that have been forming around those cells. So from one perspective, that's one way of looking at it. But there are so many different factors that go into that net equation that, um, you know, we'll need to touch on for somebody to really understand the overall depth of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for for the listeners out there, I see three people are on the switchboard, um, 661-813, and then there's another 813 uh, number as well. Uh, give me about five more minutes, and I'll bring you on if you have a question. And, again, for the audience out there, if you have a question for Dr. Jockers tonight, I would advise you to call in and ask him. The number is 646-716-9371. Again, 646-716-9371. And, again, the people that are on the switchboard, just hold for a few, and I'll, I'll get you on to ask your question. So, Dr. Jockers, I come into your office. I've been diagnosed with cancer. Do you see people who um, – I imagine you see all types of people, but do you see those people who are there probably on their last resort, or are you more uh, geared towards the people who have just gotten diagnosed with cancer? How does that How does that work? You, you know, I, see, I, uh, I see people at every stage. You okay. know, the unfortunate reality, the unfortunate reality, and I hope this really changes, but is that oftentimes people exhaust Western medicine before they come see me. Yes. They go through chemo and radiation, and they realize that they're having ridiculous side effects, that they're not getting better, and the, oftentimes the, the oncologists literally send them home. They basically say, well, there's not much we can do for you, and then they come and see me. And, you know, it's unfortunate because the chances of us helping that person are a lot lower than if we could have gotten, gotten to them much sooner. And so we've helped people. Um, certainly we've seen mass, we've seen incredible miracles where people were literally given up and, and they have their life now and their health. But, you know, it's just a lot harder. We've also lost a lot of people because their body was just so damaged it couldn't recover. Um, and so I definitely prefer people coming in earlier stages so much easier. And even more important than that is people that are coming in before they ever get the diagnosis. You know, Angelina Jolie, she had both breasts removed because she found this BCR, BRCA1 uh, gene uh, in her breast, that her, and her mom died of breast cancer. Mom had cancer. And so, you know what? Rather than getting your breast removed because you have this gene, let's, let's look at your lifestyle. Let's look at the factors that would switch on certain, car, certain uh, cancer genes in your body or certain chronic degenerative disease, diseases in your body, and let's start cleaning up that environment, oxygenating your body, changing your diet, your nutrition, making sure you're sufficient, key nutrients like vitamin D, which is one of the critical ones, making sure you have a lot of antioxidants in your diet and through different supplements, and uh, making sure that you know, your body is a lean, mean, cancer-killing machine. Because every day you're either building cancer or you're killing it, and if we can get to your lifestyle and we can, we can um, get rid of the factors that would cause cancer and get you living a cancer-killing lifestyle, that's going to give you an incredible opportunity to live, to heal, and to thrive. Yeah, I, I really had a really big um, – I, I just didn't agree with that whole thing that they were making Angelie, Angelina Jolie a hero out of it. There was so many articles on there, and I was like, man, why are they making this woman a hero? I mean, for you to go on and self, uh, self-mutilate yourself like that without even figuring out what it is, is that, that's causing cancer or what will cause cancer, I just didn't see any – I just thought it was thoughtless. And it made women, it, to me, it made women say, okay, it's okay to go and just cut your breasts off <laughs> for no reason at all, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, exactly. It's um, yeah. the backwards model. Yeah, yeah, and it's what we do with, with Western medicine, the way that we think. Um, Dr. Doctor, let me take one question. I don't know. Let me see. I have someone holding on here. Maybe they'll have a question. Maybe they won't, but we'll, we'll see. Hold on a second. Caller from the 661, what's your name and where are you calling from? Six six one, you there? Call, are you there? Okay. All right. Some people are a little bashful. So um, we'll get to the, the other people that are holding on the switchboard uh, very, very soon. 
So, uh, Dr. Jockers, if I come into your office, what is the first thing that you're going to do? I'm diagnosed with cancer, and I come into your office. What's the first thing that you're going to do with me? Well, first thing we're going to do is sit down. We're going to obviously look at any sort of perhaps blood work or whatever whatever the diagnosis is to help study that. Everything's a little bit unique. Every, every diagnosis is a little bit unique. So we want to understand the factors that go into that. Um, and then what we're going to do is sit down and really teach you Number one, the cancer-killing lifestyle, and so the right nutrition plan. And I know the topic of this show is really the diet that destroys cancer. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go into the ketogenic diet and teach you how to measure yourself for ketones, how to measure your blood glucose levels, and how to maintain, how to get into, and then how to maintain a level of ketosis. And ketones are really they're a form of energy that's produced by the liver through the metabolism of fatty acids. So we always have a steady level of blood sugar. Most people are sugar burners because of the amount of carbohydrates that we consume in our society. Cancer cells themselves have 10 times more insulin receptors than normal cells, at least 10 times more, if not more, up to 70 times more. And so they grab hold of sugar. So when we are consuming things that metabolize into sugar, that is feeding the cancer cells. So a ketogenic diet is a diet that produces ketones which are this energy source that cancer cells cannot use to produce energy, yet our body can utilize. And so you, when we break down fatty acids, we produce something called, uh, called ketobutyric acid, which is going to be a great energy source for our brain, for all the tissue cells of our body. And uh, you know, really the way that we do that is we build the nutrition plan around lots and lots of good fats, lots of antioxidants, moderate amounts of clean protein, good fiber, and we also want to get fermented foods and probiotics to help restore the gut and reduce inflammatory substances that are produced in our gut um, when we have dysbiosis or a bad bacterial balance. So the five keys, again, are we're going to try to implement into our nutrition plan are good fats, antioxidants, clean protein, fiber, and fermented foods. Now, you mentioned something that I think that a lot of people don't understand. They think that a lot of people don't even realize that anything that we ingest is going to be uh, turning to glucose for the body to, to use it. Now, what what foods actually turn yeah. into sugar? I know them, but I don't think a lot of audience actually yeah. knows them. What foods am I going to actually stay away from? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we're, we're either really anything, um, any sort of, carbohydrate as in a starch, a grain, and even a lot of fruit will turn into sugar. So, for example, um, eating something like oatmeal, which we're told is healthy, oatmeal has a very high glycemic load, meaning that it, it produces a ton of sugar. And it does it over a slow period, long period of time, but it produces a ton of sugar in our system, which all feeds the cancer. So any sort of grain, breads, rice, um, even quinoa, which is more of a seed, still it's, it's a starchy carbohydrate. Things like sweet potatoes, even though we would think, okay, that's healthy, but you know what? It actually, help, it actually produces sugar, so it pulls us out of ketosis, and, and it brings up our blood sugar. So all of these tubers, these um, starches, those are things we want to avoid. We also want to avoid a lot of fruit. In fact, when we're trying to get real strict with the ketogenic diet, we take all the fruit out except for lemons and limes. Now, if we're doing more of a moderate ketogenic diet, we'll include berries. Like for myself, because I'm so active, I have a very active lifestyle, I include berries in my regular diet because of the amount of antioxidants, the low amount of sugar. But if I have somebody that's coming in and they've got already diagnosed it with cancer, we're going to take even the berries out. We will use lemons and limes because they're basically no sugar in them at all, but we want absolutely no sugar in the nutrition plan, and instead we want to load up with good fats, things like avocados, things like coconut oil, which is really our best fat because it's so easy on the digestive system because it's a medium-chain fat. It doesn't, it doesn't depend upon bile in order to break down. We, we use very little, very few amount of digestive enzymes to break down coconut oil. So it's very energy conserving in our body and very easy for our body to utilize for energy. We also want to do juicing. So we take antioxidant-rich vegetables and we juice them. 
So I always have my cancer patients do two green juices a day, at least two green juices. They could do something along the lines of kale, lemon, celery, and ginger. That's a fantastic juice. So I tell them, get a juicer. I mean, they could do it in a Vitamix or a blender. It's just that they'll have all the fiber. So I really would recommend them juice it and just throw these things right in there. They could do another one, which is spinach, cucumber, garlic, parsley, and cilantro. And so this works fantastic. We've got powerful anti-carcinogenic herbs in there. We've got tons of chlorophyll, tons of veggies. And you know what? There's absolutely no sugar in this at all. It has no effect on the metabolism. It just loads us up with nutrients that we need in order to reverse the trace mineral and the uh, micronutrient deficiencies that are some of the foundational points behind somebody developing the cancer to begin with. Right. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate here and ask you a question. You mentioned lemons and limes, um, and that ties into something that people uh, have a belief on or having an acidic body. So if I'm uh, ingesting lemons and limes, is that going to throw off that, that alkaline acidic balance, or does that even have any meaning when you're, when you're dealing with cancer? That's a great question, Darren. So you look at lemons and limes, and one of the major components of them is citric acid. And so you would think, okay, that's an acid. And most people that have been around natural health, they've heard that cancer thrives in an acidic environment, which is absolutely true because when the cancer cells burn up sugar, which is the only fuel that they use, sugar and proteins that are turned into sugar, when that happens, they are producing a lot of lactic acid. And so they thrive in this highly acidic environment. The citric acid that we take in with lemons and limes, believe it or not, the whole component of the lemon and the lime is actually very alkalizing. The reason why is that it has a ton of vitamin C, a ton of vitamin P. The breakdown of citric acid turns into citrate, which is alkalizing. It has a lot of potassium, which is very alkalizing. And so this, the, the citrus bioflavonoids, which we call vitamin P, all of these things are very alkalizing, alkaline-forming after they're finished with the metabolic process. So the actual ash, when we're finished digesting them, helps raise our, our tissue and cellular pH levels. And so when we consume that, it's actually very alkalizing for our body. So it's very anti, it, it creates a, the opposite environment of what cancer cells use to thrive in. So it's perfect type of fuel for destroying cancer. And with all the antioxidants in there, that helps really destroy cancer cells to begin with and helps protect good healthy cells um, as well. Well, I, I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> this, this is something that I'm just so. Um, what is your thoughts on insure? Because I know sometimes when, when cancer patients, they when, when someone has cancer has been diagnosed, or they're you know uh, probably on that that part of their life where the cancer has taken over. I've seen sometimes when people are prescribed to drink insure. What are your thoughts about yeah. that? Yeah, unfortunately, um, the medical system knows absolutely nothing about good nutrition. So they really don't differentiate between nutrients coming from synthetic form, meaning that they were made in a laboratory, versus nutrients that are made through real foods. And so they believe that they are the same. But we know that they're not the same because there are so many different phytonutrients that accompany real whole foods that are not in synthetically derived foods, not to mention the amount of toxicity that's in these synthetically derived foods. So if you were to look at the ingredients and ensure, you will see things like high fructose corn syrup, which is extraordinarily toxic for the body. They've got preservatives in there. They've got massive quantities of sugar that feed the cancer cells. They have got uh, high omega-6 oils like soybean oil, genetically modified soybean oil, it, you're, it basically, things like Ensure do provide calories and they do provide synthetic nutrients. So if you were to just look at calories, nutrients, somebody may believe, okay, well, this is providing my body with what I need. However, the reality is that it's providing a mega dose of toxicity, so extraordinarily bad. And most oncologists, when it comes to cancer nutrition, their idea is that the person's going to be worn down with things like chemotherapy and radiation, 
So it's important that they eat a lot. That's, that's actually their idea. Most of the cancer patients I've worked with, they'll tell me that the nutritionists, the dietitians, and the oncologists at wherever they're, wherever they're going for their cancer treatments, the advice that they've gotten is to just eat a lot of food and eat a lot of, you know, things like Ensure, stuff like that that provides, you know, just a ton of synthetic nutrients. And the reason being, again, is that they think that more nutrition or really just more calories equals more energy, but actually that's not true at all. So our bodies can become very, very efficient. In fact, with my cancer patients, I actually have them doing fasting. We do intermittent fasting, which is incredible. It actually increases the efficiency of the body. And so, yes, do they lose some weight? Absolutely. But they notice that they actually have more energy. They feel better when they get into ketosis, when we're doing the intermittent fasting, because their bodies become more efficient. So, again, you know, the mainstream medicine, the Western model, really does not understand how the body works when it comes to nutritional components. And they look at us more like robots. And, um, you know, you can't get somebody well if you treat them like a robot because we are dynamic, holistic, vitalistic beings. And we are not robots. We're not cars. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of factors that go into the human body's ability to adapt. We want to tap into the adaptive potential, and that's what we focus on in natural health. Yeah. So what would a ketogenic diet look like? You mentioned uh, things like coconut oil and boosting fats. What other components go into a, a ketogenic diet? Yep. So we definitely want a lot of good fats. We do want some moderate amount of protein and, again, the juices. Now, if somebody comes in and they are in an extreme state of advanced cancer, we're going to do more of a fasting cleanse, what we call a ketogenic cleanse. So I try to get them doing, depending on how big they are, how much they weigh, anywhere between 8 and up to 16 tablespoons of coconut oil a day. This seems mm. extreme, but, <laughs> yeah, actually yeah. It's, yeah, but actually it's powerful. And sometimes, you know, it, I, I'll tell them they can use coconut butter. And, uh, in fact, uh, I found a source for coconut butter balls, which are really actually really easy and they're very tasty. Um, it works just the same as the coconut oil. And so anyways, though, the coconut oil is so incredible for this, so easy on the system, keeps a good source of medium-chain fats, so keeps the good fats, keeps the ketone levels up, keeps the blood sugar stabilized. So we want to use a lot of coconut oil. Um, I will, somebody, that again, that's an advanced case, I will tell them or their spouse um, to make a big broth to get grass-fed beef bones, or they could use organic pasture-raised chicken or turkey bones or wild-caught fish bones, something along those lines, get a good animal stock, and then load it up with garlic and onions, green leafy vegetables, lots of herbs, and then they're consuming that as well, okay, along with green juices. So when somebody comes in again when they're in advanced cancer state, I will go typically anywhere from 10 days to 40 days with little to no protein just mostly fatty acids, lots of liquids, lots of antioxidants to get their body into ketosis, to really turn them around, to de-inflame their body. And it's incredible what we see. You know, these are not people who are going to be exercising and things like that. So their, their, their demand for protein is significantly less. And so we want, and, and the reality is that protein can be turned into sugar by cancer cells, by really strong fast-growing cancer cells, a process called gluconeogenesis, where they take protein or amino acids and they turn it into sugar. So with these advanced cases, we always want to get them into a ketogenic cleanse as soon as possible. Now, with somebody that, let's say, where they were just diagnosed with breast cancer, but it wasn't fast-growing, in that case, what we're going to do is we're going to include some healthy protein, um, and we're also going to try to do some intermittent fasting, where we're not really doing big meals um, I may have them do some coconut oil in the morning along with the green juice for lunch, do like a big salad with a little bit of avocado and some coconut oil or coconut butter. In the afternoon, do another green juice and perhaps a little bit of coconut oil. And then for dinner, they would do some sort of a healthy, organic, pasture-raised animal. So maybe a little bit of grass-fed beef, maybe a little bit of pastured poultry, something along those lines, and um, salad, and we also want to include a lot of fermented foods 
in any cancer patient's diet, really any of our diets, um, particularly hormone-based diets or hormone-based cancers such as colon cancer, prostate cancer, breast, ovarian cancer, things like that. Even more important that we have fermented foods because these things are often typically related to um, dysbiotic guts, damage to the gut lining. That's a big factor with this and poor estrogen detoxification. So fermented foods, eating things like sauerkraut, making your own homemade sauerkraut and kimchi, um, even some fermented raw dairy, things like that, very, very powerful at helping the liver to detoxify bad estrogenic molecules. So getting some fermented foods in there, that's what a typical meal plan looks like. You can notice no starches. Um, I tell them to only have animal protein in the evening when they're ready to relax anyways. A little bit of animal protein for recovery, but throughout the day we're focusing on fats, good fats like coconut oil, a little bit of avocado, lots of vegetables, green juices, things like that. Yeah. I know cancer is the most important thing, but I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm wondering if how many, what's the percentage of your patient population that may come in overweight and end up not only uh, getting over the cancer but also losing weight? Have you seen that oh, within absolutely. your practice? Absolutely. We've had people, you know, several people lose over 100 pounds. We're wow. constantly, at my, at my clinic, we're constantly doing weight loss challenges. We're doing all kinds of stuff like that. You know, we do take care of a lot of cancer patients, but, you know, the average individual that comes into my office is, let's say, a middle-aged woman who's looking to, um, you know, improve their, their overall quality of life. They oftentimes, and this is an epidemic in our society, have hormonal issues, maybe thyroid problems, different things like that. Um, they want to lose some weight. They want their skin to, to uh, look and appear better. They want more energy. They want to get back in good shape. And so, um, you know, following somewhat similar of a nutrition plan, you know, in those cases we typically allow a little bit, little bit of berries. And we oftentimes recommend some berries because they have better sugar metabolism and the antioxidants in the berries are, are powerful and effective for their body. But we still like to, t- to keep them off of grains, off of starchy carbohydrates, and onto a low-carb, high-good-fat uh, uh, nutrition plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's go to phone line. Let me see if they, there are some questions here. I have some people on the switchboard. Caller from the 813, what's your name and where are you calling from? No, the 813. Did no. you have a question? No, I don't. Did you have a question? Guess not. We got some bashful people. <laughs> All right, we got another a caller from the eight one three. Uh, caller from the eight one three. What's your name and where are you calling from? Amy from Amy, Tampa. You, good. How are you? How are you doing tonight, Amy? I'm doing great. Good. Do you have a question for Doctor Jockers? You know, I have a lot of questions, but I'm not going to <laughs> monopolize. I'm just just real quick. I've um, been involved with Weston A. Price, CrossFit, Paleo Primal, the whole thing, and then also just detoxes concerning cancer and kind of um, preventative of cancer. And a lot of the things that I've read that I struggle with have been, you know, the Gerson therapy, a lot of juicing, a lot of things that completely don't quite incorporate everything that you're talking about. And, um, you know, I, I think I've, I've just struggled with the whole, I, I, there's so much information out there that you just get kind of overloaded. And I I almost went to the Ancestral Diet um, Symposium and then also the Weston A. Price. I think they did a big cancer thing this month, um, kind of education. And I really haven't heard a whole lot about the whole ketosis with cancer. It's, it's usually vegan, juicing, Gerson therapy, that kind of thing. And so it's, it's very interesting listening to this, but... Um, you know, I guess, you know, what I like to do is detox my body every couple months, you know, maybe every quarter. And it's just a new theory to me to actually incorporate the animal and the, you know, ketosis and all of that. It's usually the stuff that I've done has been all juicing and things like that. So, do you actually have cancer, Amy? No, or I don't you just have cancer. Prevent- you want a preventative. Okay, okay. I've read and heard that it's really good to detox your body and to take those uh-huh. times 
throughout the year, but when I'm such an extreme, you know, I've done CrossFit and stuff, it's really hard to take the time out when you're working out to do that. And so it's just kind of like that conflicting, what should you do? Should you stop working out to kind of do that? Because then when you do that, you don't have the energy and that whole thing. Um, do you think it's an, I guess the, the bottom line question is, do you think it's important to do those kind of detoxes um, if you don't have cancer just as a preventative? Yeah, great question, Amy. So um, I, I definitely believe that detoxifying on a regular basis is incredibly good for your body. And you're kind of living a similar lifestyle as me, Amy. Like, I'm very, very active. But you and I can do a daily detox every single day. It's really not hard at all, okay? And there are, there are advanced strategies that we can apply. Um, and I use a lot of the similar Gerson-style therapies like coffee enemas and things like that that I teach people with advanced cancer to do, um, and I've done them myself as well, that's something that you can certainly do doing an organic coffee enema. You can use infrared saunas. Um, you know, different aspects like that are fantastic. But, you know, a simple daily detox is, is done through intermittent fasting. Like, for, for example, for myself, I don't eat breakfast. So my first meal, I typically eat my meals between 1 and 7 or 8 o'clock. And so Good my man. first meal is usually around 1 o'clock um, in the afternoon, and I just drink a ton of water in the morning. Oh. And I oh. also use a product that's got bentonite clay in it, which helps bind to toxins, and so right. it helps pull toxins out of my system. Um, so I use that, and I use um, uh, a supplement that helps balance my stress hormones as well. It's got rhodiola and ashwagandha and green coffee bean extract, so it keeps my stress hormones cortisol down, everything like that, and I feel amazing. Like, I actually feel my best before I eat anything, and um, I feel so good, and my body's just detoxifying. It's in ketosis. My brain is functioning at a really high level, and I try to keep my meals between a six-hour eating window, and during my first meal is usually always liquid. It's all, well, it's really always liquid or raw food nutrition, okay, and so I'm not eating cooked foods or really a lot of solid foods for my lunch. I like to do more of a liquid-based meal, making like a protein shake, or I make something called uh, my supercharged chocolate pudding with avocado and chocolate, non-denatured whey protein and raw chocolate in there. And I put in uh, different antioxidants and I put in a chia seed and things like that. So that's usually what I'm having for lunch. And then for dinner, I'll have some sort of a healthy protein, lots of vegetables, lemon on there, squeeze lemon, apple cider vinegar, lots of herbs. So I'm loading up on the antioxidants. And the healthy proteins, the healthy meat, ha actually has very unique antioxidants in it that are incredible for the body. So I know there is a whole, you know, the, the Gerson recommends a vegan diet. But, you know, there's a lot of people that have reverse cancer eating meat every single day. And so and there's also a lot of people that are reverse cancer not eating meat. So it's not meat that's the problem, but we do want very, very clean sources. So, right, for right. example, grass-fed beef has got a ton of long-chain omega-3s. It also has something called carnosine, a really, really powerful antioxidant that protects our muscle cells, our brain. It's got vitamin B12, CLA, which conjugated linoleic acid, which is incredible uh, anti-carcinogenic fatty acid. So getting some of those nutrients in is really key. But I think you can live a very active lifestyle. Like I work out in the morning, early in the morning, um, and I don't eat afterwards. I just drink a ton of water. My body is just blasting human growth hormone, which is my anti-aging hormone. And so that's helping boost my immune system. And I feel fantastic doing that, and I recover well. My strength levels are at an all-time high. My endurance is great. My brain's functioning fantastic. Um, and I'm detoxing. The only time I wouldn't recommend doing that intermittent fasting like that is for somebody that's really adrenal exhausted. If they are real adrenal exhausted, if they are just have chronic fatigue, hormones are just way out of whack, things like that, then we want to do maybe some coconut oil in the morning, some sort of good fats every couple hours to just help stabilize blood sugar, get them into ketosis um, until they're able to do intermittent fasting. Right. I think that's yeah. been my problem is, is I think I'm at an age and I've had – a lot of that, even though I've, I've eaten well and I've done CrossFit, I, I still felt like I did not feel good. I think I was working out way too much and feeling 
I didn't feel the best. Like, so sometimes, you know, I could, I would be fine with intermittent fasting and sometimes I just did not feel right. You know what? It may have had to do with perhaps how many carbohydrates and protein you had at dinner the night before. I know I've noticed that myself. Um, that could play a role and you have poor blood sugar signaling, how you slept that night before, things like that. So sometimes what helps is taking a couple of herbs like ashwagandha and rhodiola are just fantastic herbs to really help stabilize your stress hormones. So from performance, a performance um, aspect, I would recommend getting some good adaptogenic herbs to help your body re- keep stress hormones down, and I think you'll notice a lot better effects with your intermittent fasting. So it's ashwagandha and ro- rhodiola. Yep, Yola. holy basil is another good one. Yeah. Ginseng is another good one. So you can use one of them. You can use all of them. They actually synergize the more that you use together. So all of those would work work good. So I use something like that in the morning, um, and and that really just keeps my stress hormones down. And I, and when your stress hormones are balanced, the way that you just feel really good, you just feel really stable, really balanced. Your brain is firing well. You have good mental clarity. So that's really how you'll feel when you start to incorporate these things, and when your body gets into ketosis and your blood sugar stays real stable. That's where we want to get. Right. Amy, um, and everybody I has the potential to get there. It's just a matter of, everybody has the potential to get there. It's just a matter of figuring out the unique peculi- the peculiarities of your own, your own physiology. And, uh, you know, the greatest doctor in the world is within you. And so the more that you are able to listen to your body and address the needs or address the... Um, the factors that are going on that you're experiencing in your body, the better off you're going to be. Right. Yeah, I think I've Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say I I need to move on with the show. Um, Thank you for calling in, okay? Thank you. All right, thanks. Let me mute her back out here. Um, you mentioned something that I thought was, was very important. It's something that I do as well, and I've been doing this for like three or four years. I eat my – I'm the same way as you. I never really felt that need for breakfast, um, and I've always pretty much eaten around 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and I only do about two meals a day, if that, if I do some snacks or whatever. But one of the things I've noticed with working with people when I was in fitness training, and I don't know if this is something with women – and women have, seem to have a much tougher time with the whole intermittent fasting thing. Can you comment on that? Have you seen that within your practice? Yeah, I have. I've seen both. I've seen women that swear by it, that absolutely love it, and mm-hmm. I've seen women that have struggled with it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I really, I really think it has to do with, again, balancing stress hormones. And mm-hmm. so because women obviously have menstrual cycle they're going to have more fluctuations with their hormones than the average male. So therefore, it's a little bit more tricky. And so the faster they can get into ketosis or really, again, just building, women are going to be much more sensitive to eating sugar and grains. So eating even just a little bit of sugar, having a lot of fruit, for example, um, things like that, that's going to make it that much harder for them to do effective intermittent fasting. And so... It's very, very important that they're, you know, really focusing on good fats when they do eat those meals. And then if they are having high stress hormone, um, you know, they can certainly use adaptogenic herbs, which will really help balance it. So Mm -hmm. I love using adaptogenic herbs, ashwagandha, rhodiola, holy basil, things like that. I use a product myself through Beyond Organic, a company called Beyond Organic called AdaptGen, and they actually have a, a dual system. It's called Break the Cycle, and they've got this product, Terra Firma, which is a probiotic that also has bentonite clay to pull waste out. I've seen tremendous results using that, and, and having others use that really, really helps. But it is more tricky for a, for a woman to do it. She's going to have more factors that are going to play a role than an average man. Yeah. You mentioned a couple of things. I know there's a lot of people out there that they're living in that reactive state. They get cancer and then they want help. Um, proactively, um, what are some of the things that you do as just a, a precautionary measure? You mentioned coffee enemas. I do those as well. But what are some of the other things you do to just to take that proactive stance against against any disease? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a couple of major just proactive steps. Somebody that doesn't have advanced cancer or something along those lines just wants, wants to prevent it. Um, number one is really working on your mindset. So emotional stress is destructive, and I would estimate, and, and this is really something that I've read from other cancer experts, that about 75% of people that have cancer, diagnosed with cancer, have deep emotional wounds. So really yeah. working on your mindset, getting with, you know, members of your church, a good small group, um, your pastor, uh, a, a psychologist, or somebody that you trust that can help you work through a lot of the mental, emotional hurdles you've had in your life. Um, learning how to forgive, learning how to, how to tear up the root of bitterness. That's going to be so huge. So that's, uh, that's one of the most important things. Really, in my opinion, it's the most important thing somebody can do for their, for their health proactively. Work on their emotions. Second thing would be really make sure that your spine and your nerve system is healthy. So seeing a wellness-based chiropractor um, is very, very important to make sure that your brain is able to communicate effectively to your body. There's no subluxations and blockages in your nerve energy going out to your major organs. So I highly recommend that. Doing posture exercises on a regular basis, doing core fitness, just really working on spinal stability, incredibly important for your immune system. Um, third big thing is making sure that your body is completely sufficient in all the major nutrients. So vitamin D I mentioned earlier, very critical. Okay, so we should have our vitamin D levels really should be between 60 and 100 nanograms per milliliter for optimal health and best cancer prevention. You know, average individual in our society is actually under 30 nanograms per milliliter, and which is ex extremely dangerous. And if everybody got their vitamin D levels up to 60 nanograms per milliliter, which most people can do with as little as 5,000, 5 to 10,000 international units, of vitamin D3 daily, one of the most inexpensive supplements you can find, we would actually cut our cancer rates down by 70% by optimizing vitamin D. So that's very simple, very easy. You know, if you're Caucasian, you live in the South, you can get a lot of sunlight, right? Obviously, healthy sunlight, sun exposure, um, you're going to get a lot of vitamin D as well. Um, also, making sure your gut is healthy, that you, you clear up any sort of intestinal permeability. So part of this whole nutrition plan is actually by taking grains out, by taking out sugars, we're reducing the most inflammatory components that damage our gut. And so we've got to get our gut healthy. We also need to make sure it's populated with healthy microbes. So using fermented foods, using probiotic, good high-quality probiotic supplements, very good, very, very great preventative strategy for somebody that wants to prevent cancer. Also, we want to make sure we're exercising appropriately so that we're not over-exercising, but we're not under-exercising as well. I tell people, you want to get your body into a state of oxygen debt where you are breathing very deeply for, as, for basically between 30 to 90 minutes a week. So if you hate exercise, you want to be in oxygen debt for 30 minutes a week, meaning it could be 10 minutes of very high-intensity exercise three times a week. It could be five minutes six times a week. If you love exercise, go for 90 minutes a week. It could be, you know, six days a week, 15 minutes. It could be four days a week of uh, 20, 25-minute workouts, right, or three days of 30-minute workouts. So whatever you feel like works best for you there, you need optimal recovery, but you also need to put your body in a state of oxygen debt. So somebody with very advanced cancer, we're not quite going to do that. But somebody that's just trying to prevent cancer, absolutely, that, that getting your body in that state of oxygen debt along with getting the right rest periods afterwards is incredible for the system. You boost so many anti-aging hormones, so much, so many, your body's able to produce so much more antioxidants, intracellular antioxidants that protect the DNA. So very preventative. And then you want to get rid of your exposure to toxins. Get rid of your microwave. Get rid of non-stick pans, stop drinking out of plastic cups, get a water filtration system, um, get rid of uh, household cleaning agents, toxic household cleaning agents, go with all natural stuff. Only put natural um, personal hygiene products on your body. Get rid of the, the dangerous cosmetics, the, um, the toxic soaps, things like that. So just reduce your exposure to toxins in general. These would be the best preventative tips for somebody to just start applying immediately.
Yeah. Now, I know um, from my reading on cancer, I know that um, you just mentioned Caucasians being able to Caucasian people are more have that ability to absorb the sun better than darker skinned people because of the melanin in our skin. What um, what vitamin D supplement would you recommend? I know that, you know, people one of the things that bugs me is that people will go to Walmart and pick up a supplement and it's probably the most trashiest supplement they can get. and It's not going to work. It's garbage. And they don't know what they're getting. What is a vitamin D supplement that you can stand by and kind of give the audience um, a guideline? Yeah, I mean, always go to a health food store or a trusted healthcare practitioner, and you can look at what they what they sell or what they use, right? So that's number one tip. And so there are a couple. There are a lot of good companies. There's a lot of good vitamin D supplements out there, and there's a lot of bad ones. A couple that I like, I. Uh, I like Gardner Life is always, uh, you know, a good brand for supplements. Um, you could do uh, Dr. Mercola has a good vitamin D3. Maximize Living has a good vitamin D3. Um, you can find a liquid emulsified vitamin D3 at, at your local Whole Foods or health food store. So, you know, you should just never get your supplements at a typical retail grocery store or a place like Walmart or Sam's Club. Never buy a supplement there. Yeah. Yeah, I, and it kills me that people go and do that, and they don't know what they're getting getting themselves into. Um, I wanted to go back. I wanted to see if this person had a question they were holding on for a long time. So I'm going to bounce back, and then I'm going to come back, and then um, we'll probably – it's almost – I don't know how much time you have tonight, but I wanted to kind of get you out of here at nine. Yeah, let me let me see if they have a question here. Caller from the 661, what's your name and where are you calling from? 661, you there? All right, I guess we got a lot of bashful people tonight. All right, right, so um, we'll get back and we'll we'll get you out here uh, at 9 o'clock, Dr. Jockers. But I have one more question for you. For a person who's in advanced stages of cancer, when is it too... Is there a point where it can't be reversed? It's not reversible. You know, I, my, my belief is that as long as there's life in the body, God can heal the body. And so I never give up on somebody. And my clinic, we recently got a hyperbaric oxygen chamber. And I've seen some pretty amazing things. And so you get somebody that's extremely ill, and you get them doing the things that we're talking about doing already, right? Just juicing. We do high doses of liposomal vitamin C or even, you know, you can get them to a clinic. I don't actually do this, but, um, or you can do intravenous vitamin C. Stick them and have them sleep in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber with an oxygen mask. And it's incredible what can happen. I mean, these people, you just see the most incredible things. And so, obviously, the further along the disease gets, the more money somebody's going to have to invest in the natural therapies, but it's worth it. And I just believe that, you know, you can, if the person's really committed, I just, I just really believe that they're going to get their life back. They, I, I have complete faith that they can get well. And it really depends on their level of commitment, how bad they want it. Because if they go off and they start eating sugars or grains or cheating on their nutrition plan and, and doing things that they really shouldn't be doing that are antagonistic to, to, uh, to healing, then they they can't they don't have the time they don't they're not they can't do that and expect to get well so you know if somebody really wants to get well and uh, you know they have access to advanced natural therapies it is extraordinary what can happen yeah and one last question and then I'll I'll let you get out of here um, I'm going to put you on the spot here and say if you were diagnosed with cancer tomorrow, what's the first thing that you would do? You have no knowledge. You're not a chiropractor. You're not a person that has advanced, uh, know anything about advanced healing modalities. What is the first thing that you would do? Uh, Myself, I would just start learning. I would start reading. I mean, I would get online. You know, what's great about it is today's day and age, you've got Google. You just start typing in cancer, natural health, and tons of websites will come up. There's so many books out now. You can just start reading. You can plug into um, radio shows and, and podcasts like this and um, just start getting information. Look up in your local area for doctors that may be doing 
cancer workshops. I know at my office we do workshops for the community on uh, being a cancer killer, natural cancer healing strategies. You know, there are other offices like mine that are doing this in the community. So you just get on Google and you just learn and learn and learn. Um, that would be, you know, the, the key step. And then, you know, just remember that I think that the number one thing you've got to address is any sort of mental, emotional wounds. And so you need to look at your past. And I know for myself, when I developed cancer, I was living in a state of fear. I had tremendous fear of failure. And until I addressed that, that cancer was going to remain. And so um, if you're living in fear, you're building disease. Most people are living in fear, fear of something. You know, a strong fear is what underlies most people's, uh, most people's action steps in their life. And so you know, we've got to address these kinds of things. Um, those, that's where, where I would start. Cool. Yeah, that, exactly. And uh, I actually have someone that's going to be coming on the show, and she talks about forgiveness, um, that whole thing of forgiveness. And I'll have her on probably uh, early next year. Um, she works with cancer patients on that ability to be able to forgive, which I believe you mentioned at the beginning of the show yeah. or some point in the show. But I wanted to thank you for coming on. Like I said, this is a topic that's really near and dear to my heart, and I wanted to get the information out there, and you did that perfectly tonight. So thank you so much for, for being on the show, Dr. Jockers. You're welcome, Darren. It was a pleasure. All right. Thank you. And at some point, I will I will actually email you because I want to get some information from you on the uh, ketogenic diet. And at some point, I'd love for you to come back on the show as well. Sounds great. Just let me know. I'd love to be on. Okay. Thank you. Okay. All right. Have a good night. All right. That show is a wrap. Um, there won't be a show next week just simply because that's Thanksgiving. I'm going to take some time off. I'm sure everybody else is going to take some time off. Most of you are going to have uh, two days off, so you're going to be able to enjoy a nice long weekend. The week after that, I hope to get someone on. I'm hoping to have Jimmy Moore on, and he'll be talking about cholesterol. i got to get in contact with him. I actually met him in person uh, about a week or so ago. We had a good talk, and um, hopefully I'll get him on and get all of this cholesterol business uh, patched up and, and let you know about cholesterol. It's not as bad as you think it is. But thank you for uh, joining the show tonight, and I will see you the week after next on the same fat time at the same fat channel. Peace.